0: Badish Podcast, the world's most inconsistent podcast, where we start off, talking about Asian things, and we slowly dissolve into self-indulgent thought exercises. I'm your host, David Nguyen, and joining me, as always, is... Imran G. And we're happy to announce, it's season three of the podcast.
1: Woohoo!
0: What that means is we're still keeping the disrespectful, triggering, flagrant conversations and think pieces, but we're just going to add a little bit more structure to the conversation. Yeah.
1: Let's make it a better,
0: a better listening experience for everybody. Got to switch it up. Give you guys yeah. better content. Yeah. It's like yeah, we yeah. do better so you guys can do better. Yeah. We're trying to help you guys out. We're trying to help you guys get high, give us higher ratings. That's how it works. Speaking of which, let's get into uh, some shout outs. Okay. So I want to shout out s s s s s for leaving us a comment on iTunes saying, I really enjoyed the podcast. They're hilarious and the sound quality is good. Thank you very much. is Sarah. Emron spent a lot of money to have us sounding this good. <laughs> so shout out to you. Shout out to Emron. Yeah. Next, I wanted to shout out T. Shelby for saying this podcast cured my pneumonia.
1: Yeah. Thank you
0: so much. I'm sorry you had pneumonia, but I'm glad we fixed it. And if you guys think that this person is just speaking in hyperbole, well, you're wrong. Emron infected this person with pneumonia. But I also cured it. <laughs> so it's full circle. And if any of you guys out there have a disease that you want Emron to cure, just shout us out in the comments.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I'll give you a disease too if you want one. Yeah, he has HPV on deck to give on you. On deck. I can, I can infect you immediately. I'll do it for free. <laughs> No,
0: not for free, for five stars. um, Okay, yeah,
1: for five stars, I'll I'll do it.
0: I'll do it. And then shout-outs to some of our other listeners. I want to shout-out Canada. I Mm -hmm. want to shout the Philippines, Sweden, Germany, and the UK. Foreign countries who mess with the podcast. Thank you, whoever you guys are out there listening. And then cities. If you guys want diseases, let me know. I'll send them via mail. (laughs) I'll do that for you. He'll set it in an Amazon package so you know it gets there safe. Yeah. Prime that.
1: <laughs> two-day shipping.
0: It's two not going to be
1: two-day shipping. It'll be the cheapest USPS shipping, but I'll get you your disease.
0: <laughs> I want to shout out to West Long Branch, New Jersey. Uh, I want to shout out to Chicago, Stockholm, Toronto, and Houston, Texas for messing with the podcast. Yes, those are the top five. Cities who listen to the podcast, so thank you for supporting. And if you guys are not mentioned on this list, what the fuck? Yeah. Get your numbers up. Get Uh, your numbers up.
1: But also, also, quick announcement, we are now on Spotify. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I finally figured out how to do that shit, and we're on Spotify, yeah. (laughs) It's great. Now you can listen to all your stuff in the same area. And the great thing on Spotify is they updated our art, because iTunes, for some reason... Has not
0: iTunes be hating a little bit? Maybe iTunes? more people have been reviewing us and leaving us comment, but iTunes just be hating. Maybe, man. I, I for the more reading I do,
1: the harder like iTunes is to actually deal with. Like it's not only us, but anyway, rate right. us on there. It's great. Uh, thank you so much for listening.
0: Let's get into Wait, it. Wait, hold on. Before we do that, I want to say uh, for the past two years we've been berating people to. Support the podcast. And then last week we switched it up where I continue to berate people and then Emron would kindly ask people to support the podcast. So this week for season three, we're going to switch it up. We're going yes. to have control to see how people respond. So, Emron, for this episode and this episode only, just to see how well it responds, we'll have you kindly ask our listeners to support the podcast. No, and I'm bad cop this time. No, I was bad cop last time. You were good cop. So now we have to pl- have an episode where you play good cop, see how they respond. And then if that doesn't get the response, the next week you be bad cop again. Oh, I thought I was a good cop last week. Yeah, so you continue being good cop because we Uh, got some responses from last week. All right, all
1: right, all right. I got to
0: be good cop. Okay. Okay.
1: We believe in you. We support you. Thank you for helping and supporting us. I hope all the good things in life happen to you. But only if you give us five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Let's get into it.
0: All right. So for season three, we're introducing a new format called Bad Asian, bad Asian. Bad Asian, bad Asian. Asian. And in this
1: segment, we're just basically going to tell you who's a good bad Asian and who's a bad bad Asian.
0: Yeah, so for the good ones, we will be applauding and supporting and pouring champagne on this bad Asian's accomplishment. Bad as in, you know, the Michael Jackson term, real bad. Uh, And then for the bad Asian segment, uh, it's real bad Joe Jackson. Okay. So we'll be dragging uh, an Asian person who's disrespecting the culture. Yeah, you Joe so, Jacksoning us, and we're gonna call you out on it. For the inaugural season three bad agent yeah, yeah. of the week, we have Aquafina. 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 Aquafina.
1: Actually, I think GarageBand has uh, like applause, so I'm gonna insert that here. Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> More sound effects here. Yeah. And then air horns here. All right. So Aquafina, uh, whose government name is Nora Lum, has just been greenlit for a pilot on Comedy Central. Woo! So shout out to Nora, A.K.A. Aquafina, for being I think the first Asian American lead on Comedy Central.
1: Yeah. If I'm I not mean, mistaken,
0: I yeah. I can't think of. Uh, I can't think of any other uh, Asian lead on Comedy Central for us. No, nah, Margaret
1: Margaret Show's show wasn't on Comedy Central. So
0: right. So yep. shout out to Aquafina. The her show is going to be resolving around her upbringing. It's going to be about a young woman living with her father and grandmother in Queens as she attempts to make a name for herself. Do so, you think Cameron. this
1: is the show that millennial Asians have been waiting for?
0: I don't know if they've been... Because I don't know if they've been waiting for it. Okay. It's just... Uh, my perception of millennials is just one generation below me. Mm-hmm. And because they're so young, I don't know if they've been lacking this, you know?
1: Oh, I see. But
0: representation is always good. Uh, yeah. It looks like it's going to be a 10-episode series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing... Just a different take on the Asian American story. Right. First off, you don't really see the Asian American women's story. I mean it wasn't that crazy rich Asians. Is, was she young though? Young-ish. Youngish?
1: I really? mean she was she wasn't married at that age, so she was probably considered <laughs> an old hag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I thought she was youngish. She didn't do young things, did she?
1: I mean, she complained. That's a lot of being young. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lot of being a woman. (laughs) Oh, see, this is... No, David. This is why we don't
0: get the reviews that we want. Yeah, keep playing the good cop. (laughs) (laughs) No, outside of... You're the one who brought up her complaining, by the way. I just <laughs> found her... I said
1: millennials, millennials complain. I said millennials <laughs> complain because that's what they do.
0: They do love complaining. Independent of gender, I suppose. Yes. All right. So shout out to her. Uh, yeah. I hope this leads towards more, m- just more content yeah. uh, that I can relate to where people have my face. Because Mm -hmm. I do gravitate towards things that involve people who look like me. And that just could be either my pride or my narcissism. I haven't decided yet. I think it's a little of both. It's just a little bit more familiar and accessible. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know, like you ever enter a room and then when you see a brown person, aren't you a little bit more relieved?
1: Whenever I see a brown person, I immediately am like, yo, you and I, we're in competition now. (laughs) And I must
0: beat you. Whatever we're doing, I have to reign supreme. <laughs> so whenever Indian people enter a room, they're like, fuck, another one I have to another neck I have to step on.
1: Yeah, the second, where I'm going, The second I walk into a room, you just hear Temple of Doom music. <laughs> and both of us are fighting for that Kalima
0: skull. Wait, is it uh are you are you upset or are you excited with the prospect of stepping on another next? Like, yeah, one more step for me. <laughs> Keep making this ladder taller. I usually just walk up to him and be
1: like, do you know how to spell defeat? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> you are the spelling bee champion of defeat. So, uh, not
0: as yeah. a person of non-Asian descent, how do you feel about... Aquafina getting her show. Do you feel like okay now? When do we get an Indian woman's turn? Like when does I don't know Superwoman Lily Singh get her shot at a sitcom or Aparna? How do you say your last name? Nanjirna. Nanchala. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or um, how when does Embranji get his shot at? Well, I when, guess you have Hasan saw, Minaj, so he already got his show.
1: When I saw this, I. Uh, I know that the question was, is this the show that millennial Asians have been waiting for? And I honestly thought the answer to that question was to all the boys that I've loved before. Uh Uh-huh. I thought that was the show that they wanted to see the most. I feel, I mean, Aquafina's show is going to be dope uh, Mm -hmm. just because she's got a lot of cool writers on it. She's got Mm -hmm. some family guys. She's got Mm -hmm. some, uh, one of my, something else that I can't remember right now. But... um. She's got a lot of cool people on it. I think it's going to be dope to watch, but, I mean, like, to me, I just look at it the same way I just looked at Workaholics. It's just going to be a young person show, and we'll see how it goes.
0: Okay, so you're immediately
1: not going to relate to the show. I I have no—I'm just keeping a blank slate. I will watch it. I'm not expecting anything. I just want to see it.
0: But like, if they don't complain about pay, pay, paying taxes the way you do, you're like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this person is staying out past ten thirty. I'm out. I can't relate to <laughs> these late night shenanigans.
1: What are they doing? I don't understand anything that anybody's doing. I've never lived in New York. I think it's just going to be cool. I I wanted to be a better representation than King and Was it Kim's Convenience? Uh huh. That show on Netflix. That show is not good.
0: Okay, so. I'm glad you brought that up because I was having this conversation with another Asian comedian friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he is happy that, that Kim's Convenience on Netflix exists. Okay. And he likes that it's so mediocre because uh, for far uh, too long, Asian people and people of color have always been expected to be exceptional Whereas dominant Culture, a.k.a. White Culture, a.k.a. White People, it's like they have shows like Two and a Half Men or Friends that are as mediocre, but no one ever demands that it just be better.
1: Okay. So, so he's, ha- he's happy with the averageness of... Yes. Of Kim's Convenience. That is the most American bullshit I have ever heard. That's how I felt at the same time. That's not how we operate, all right? Everything that we do must be an A. I feel like he's happy with C's, and that's why he works at a convenience store. Everything that he thinks is wrong, fuck that. I am bad cop now.
0: (laughs) However, Kim's Convenience is a Canadian show, so you have to... Oh, think that, that makes so much sense with you, average. So it's Canadian, so it's, it's excellent for Canada.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, have, they are Degrassi, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it appeals to their non-confrontational, non-dramatic sensibilities, I guess. I don't know. I've never been to Canada. Have you? I have. What, is, do they live up to their reputation for kindness?
1: They were a really nice people. Um, I can't think of anything negative to say about Canada other than Tim Hortons is really
0: overhyped. Like, um, and I was like, I love Canada. So much easier to step on necks out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when we went to Vancouver, I was very surprised by the amount of hookah bars that were there. <laughs> Canada, more hookah bars than
0: America. <laughs> but Emron was in a dream state. It's like, yes, finally. <laughs> Three hookah bars next to each other. I have my choice
1: of hookah bars. It's like, it's amazing how there's three hookah bars next to each other, but this place still smells like Aqua Di Gio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who is bad Asian of the week? So, bad Asian, real bad, Joe Jackson, is Grinder President. I don't know his name. Uh, his name is Scott Chen. Scott Chen, uh, he is the... President of Grindr. If you guys don't know what Grindr is, it is a hookup app for the homosexual-oriented person out there.
1: Wow, you're so nice. It's gay Tinder.
0: Gay (laughs) (laughs) Tinder. So, Scott Chen is in some hot water for writing on his Facebook that he believes that marriage is a holy matrimony between a man and a woman. Uh, I think he's Taiwanese. Yes. And uh, this comes after Taiwan rejected a referendum to legalize same-sex marriage. Yeah. And he faced a lot of backlash, a lot of criticism on his um, Facebook page. And then he had to backtrack a little bit. Uh, he stated that the reason I said gay marriage is a holy matrimony between a man and a woman is based on my own personal experience. I am a straight man married to a woman I love, and I have two beautiful daughters I love from the marriage. This is how I feel about marriage. Different people have their different feelings about marriage. You can't deny my feelings about marriage. I'm a huge advocate of LGBTQ plus rights since I was young. I support gay marriage, and I'm proud that I can work for Grinder. So... My take was this. Okay. It makes perfect sense for the president of a gay hookup app to be against gay marriage. (laughs) Because if you think about it, their whole business is dependent on gay dudes having casual... Sex. Non-committal sex. Yeah. So if you get married then you don't have as much uh, promiscuous sex. Yeah. You still can, People but it's just not at that same rate as if you were just in the streets looking for casual love. Agreed. So He's going like, to make less ad money if
1: yeah. you get married. Yeah. So he's against <laughs> of it. Course it's a financial it. yeah, decision. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's not anything uh, like, hey, I'm a Christian. It's against God's will. It's like, this is against the will of my shareholders, it's a greater power that I have to answer <laughs> to. <laughs> it's not like it's not homophobic it's just pro-capitalism yeah uh so uh yeah like i understand it from that point of view (laughs) if he just come out and said that it's like listen what am i gonna do support gay marriage and hurt my business get the fuck out of my face that's too much of a comedian answer (laughs) nobody's gonna say that (laughs) but it's the most logical answer i could think of otherwise it's like why would this Person who's the president of a gay <laughs> app against gay marriage. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. I want you to fuck your
1: problems away. <laughs> on Grindr. <laughs> now, free for the next two weeks in Taiwan. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I read his entire post on Facebook. In the original Taiwanese? in, the, in it, Or whatever, when it was automatically translated by <laughs> Facebook. And I... I think he was trying to yell at other people. I think he was trying to yell at rich people and it blew up in his face.
0: Okay, go on. Because if you,
1: if you read the whole thing, it's just like, I'm going to just read it really quickly. It says, someone thinks marriage is a holy combination of a male and a woman. And I also think it is, but this is your home. And someone who thinks that the purpose of, purpose of marriage is to give birth to kids with their own DNA, but this is also your home. That is someone who is not the same as you and desperately hope that they can get married and have their own reason. Getting married is a personal thing. Can't the rich just donate to real, poor, hungry, war-disaster people that need help? Why is money being spent to stop people in love from getting married? Is nothing important in life. He's like, I won't buy HTC for a lifetime, and I won't donate any money to Taiwan's Christian groups for a lifetime. So I don't think this is Mm anti-gay. I think it was more along the lines of like, why is this an issue? And he's like, I do think that only men and women should get married, but, like, who cares? Right. But he's I still like, think... He was d- dumb. It was dumb because he's shitting where he eats, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so I think what he wanted to do was just have it singularly focused on him, but that's not the culture that we live in. Everybody just takes... Everybody just waits for one slip up, and then they take it to a hundred. Yeah. So now he's just Grinder President is anti-gay marriage. Yeah, that's a better clickbait article. It is a better clickbait article. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure once that came out, shares of Grinder stock just went through the roof. <laughs> Like on in Taiwan, like Grinder is going like gangbusters right now. Yeah, it's making all the money that Dolce and Gabbana is now. <laughs> like dudes out there is like, oh, we can't get married? All right, I guess we just fucking then. Where yeah, yeah, can yeah. I get one of these? <clears throat> I'm also very surprised that I think this
1: is a really bad move for Grindr, because Grindr, from what I can tell, and this is a straight male's perspective, from what I can tell has a lot of competition coming up because now in the Bay Area, I see a lot of, uh, like, other gay apps being advertised. Like what? There's a new one called Squirt. Wow. Yeah, which was interesting because, like, to me, whenever I hear Grinder, I think of, like, going to a club and grinding on somebody at the club. But uh-huh. whenever I hear Squirt, I just feel like that's assault in the club. <laughs> 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 like squirt is very very direct, and uh-huh. there's no there's no confusion about it. Be like, where'd we meet on squirt? It's like okay, at least for grinder, there it seems a little bit more gentler than.
0: Yeah, I think with these the payoff. Help, I I like the directness and the full transparency of these apps. Yeah, because you're not on these apps looking for a long-term committed relationship. It doesn't sound like to me, right? No. Because you can't tell the children that you adopt one day. He's like, how did you meet (laughs) other dad? He's like, "Uh, well, I was on squirt. (laughs) Look, man,
1: your dad had a really good picture of his chest on squirt. And then so we did. <laughs> and 9 months later, here you are. <laughs> the time period is just because that's how long it took for us to find a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not how long you I mean you were cooking just
0: somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the application process took 9 yeah, months. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people be hating out on uh, gay people adopting. I feel like that
1: the name of your dating service tells a lot about what is, like what you're trying to get, you know what I mean? Because it's like if, you, if you're on coffee meets bagel, you're trying to go on a coffee date or like a bagel date.
0: Have you ever been on a bagel date?
1: No, I've always been, I've been on cake dates where it's like somebody gets coffee and like some cake, but never a bagel. I don't know why they said a bagel. Maybe, I don't know. What other uh, what other sites are there?
0: I don't know. Plenty Still of fish. Plenty, Plenty of, of fish. fish. There's uh, the India one daisy date. Oh wait, what? There's a I'll <laughs> <date? laughs> make it up. I was like, what? I know
1: there's I know there's Muslim Tinder, there's Minder.
0: <laughs> there's uh chai meets not <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you have no idea how satisfied I am <laughs>
1: coming up with this. Good. I'm glad. I mean, it's not that hard. It could be like Thai tea meets spring roll. It's not that bad.
0: That <laughs> right, sounds funnier because I did it first.
1: <laughs> Chai meets none. <laughs> it would be biscuit. We're regardless. We're getting off track. Anyway, uh, yeah, he is. I mean, I I think he's gonna get yelled at, but I think Grinder is gonna be fine. Grinder's gonna be fine. Grinder's gonna be fine. Gonna be fine. People uh, be fucking.
0: Yeah, unless dudes, uh, unless Grinder does something with their interface that just upsets the gay community.
1: <laughs> it just, as soon as it opens, it's just a picture of two dudes holding hands and it just says, no! And then unless, maybe.
0: Unless it, uh, it's like Uber, where it's like, it makes you walk three blocks away to, <laughs> <laughs> to hook up with somebody.
1: The hook the hookup point is just geographically wrong? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be the end of
0: that. It's like, listen, you can hook up with somebody within a, a two-block two radius, but you have to walk three blocks out of the way to get there. So this, <laughs> Where... There's no
1: way this glory hole's in this Bank of America. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if they introduce, like, a, a, a grinder pool, or say, hey, you and two friends get in on this. <laughs> I need to be in that boardroom, Scott Allen. <laughs> ke- yeah, I, I will keep innovating grinder for you based on. You know what? I think if
1: you really want to make money, you should join Team Squirt. Oh. Nah, they're
0: like the lift. <laughs> never hey, man, people up.
1: people like riding mustaches. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> so, uh, the main conversation piece Amran and I want to have this week, Yeah, features comedian Namesh Patel. Patel, Do you know Namesh? I met him at the Punchline a couple years back. Uh, Same here. I talked to him a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hit him up about helping me get out uh, on some shows here in New York. And he didn't respond. No, he responded a little bit, but it just kind of didn't go anywhere because I'm small potatoes. And, you know, he's a little bit more established. So, anyways, I Let me read this out. Okay. The
1: conversation piece. Namesh Patel was basically invited to speak at the Asian American Alliance annual culture shock show at Columbia. Halfway through his set, his mic was cut off because he was asked to leave in the middle of his performance. This came about because he did a joke regarding his observations about the gay black people who live in his neighborhood. Patel joked that being gay cannot be a choice because, quote, No one looks in the mirror and thinks, this black thing is too easy, let me just add another thing to it." End quote. The AAA officials deemed the joke inappropriate and ended his set 30 minutes into his performance. People felt a way about Nimesh chastising the audience about being too sensitive and this is how people speak in the real world. They said Patel pushed back on the officials' remarks and said that while he stood in solidarity with the Asian American identities, none of his remarks were offensive, and he was exposing the audience to ideas that could be found in the real world, but before he could finish, Patel's microphone was cut off, and he proceeded to leave.
0: Excellent summary, Emron. Something that you only get from season three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, what that, were your? That's what happens so when we put in work. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emron, as an uh, Indian American comedian who's been had his mic cut off for saying offensive things. <laughs> sure. How did you feel about this article when you first came across it?
1: Um, I thought it was very interesting that the joke that they picked to end his set. I, I'm very interested to see what he said up to that part. Because it's not like you say one joke and then Im- immediately everybody's off. There's usually like two or three and then there's they hit a line and then they cut off the mic.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there so, has been varying um, responses to what happened from people who were asked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person stated that you know it just didn't happen abruptly; that his whole set was a train wreck, right. and it kind of culminated in this right here. So, like, this is kind of their Rubicon, where it's like, all right, he crossed it. Now we got to just shut it down. Right. What was interesting to me is after they cut off his mic they gave him an opportunity to address what just happened like they gave him <laughs> like okay any final remarks uh and then in doing so he dropped that line about how like i'm a one generation above you this is how people speak in the real world and you should be exposed to this kind of thing yeah so it does do you do get, you think he's right about that i think he is right about that, yes. Like, it is something that people do discuss in the real world, uh, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, just outside of safe spaces within universities. I'm imagining that's what he is referencing to as the real world. Mm -hmm. It's just once you're in a college, especially in an Asian American Alliance event that's kind of curated, it's uh, an event to kind of help uplift and break stereotypes and empower one another. And so that is a very kind of specific energy, mm-hmm. and there is just other forces be outside of that room that they're going to be privy to. Um, and I do agree that he's one generation above them too. So like that yeah. is just factual mm-hmm. on all accounts. Uh, but whether like the one of the pushback that one of the attendants said is that, you know, even though we live in the real world, it's like we should aspire to be better, you know? And one way we do that is by creating environments such as these and then taking it beyond that. Right. So for you, do you think, like, the response was appropriate? Do you think that these liberal colleges are just creating a generation of hypersensitive social justice warriors who are easily offended by everything and complaints
1: i agree with the turning off of his mic okay not because what he said was offensive but because what he said has been done before uh-huh it's not that great of a joke i think
0: uh-huh. but
1: and then what confused me the most was like that's what they keep bringing back as the point of contention
0: Because they're like, oh, you know,
1: so yeah, it was that specific joke. So basically the joke goes, oh, um, I know being gay, like it's hard being black. It's hard being gay. And I know being gay isn't a choice because why would you choose to be both black and gay? That's essentially the logic.
0: Yeah. It's like, why would you set life on hard mode? Hard mode. Right.
1: Which is, um, I think it's a, it's an older joke. It's I think it's like a Chappelle joke from way back when. Um,
0: yeah, like, and Emron whatever. knows that this is a hack joke because he's done it before. All the time. Chair.
1: All the time. You know what I mean? I gave it to Nimesh before he went on stage. That's how. You know what really happened was I did it, but people thought it was Nimesh. <laughs> and it blew up in his face. No. Uh, Emron was just stepping on another neck. He's like, get <laughs> out here. Eat this man alive. I was like, Nimesh, spelled defeat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah i I don't think what he said was offensive, and I think that's where the line is now. I I, I read this over and over again, and I was like, "They said it was anti-black and anti-gay, or anti-queer." Sorry, mm-hmm. and I was confused as to was it. I I feel like all they heard was, "Why would you choose?" I don't know. I don't. I. 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 I don't think it's that offensive because I understand the logic. But I don't know if that's because I'm a comedian and that's what I listen for, or is it? Or is it really offensive? And I'm just of an older ilk.
0: Perhaps uh, we can't speak to the I, people uh, I, who were offended by this. Um, I was hoping that Emron was going to be one of those uh, hypersensitive social justice warriors, but I guess not. He's aged out <laughs> so that we could have that perspective. Uh, I do feel that it's not everybody. It's just uh, oftentimes when something like this flares up, mm-hmm. we only take one small portion right. of the most vocal responses, and then we kind of uh, dissipate that into unfairly into like yeah. a broader younger generation so like all millennials are painted as hypersensitive uh complainers mm-hmm. by Emron just now <laughs> but remember uh, I'm the good cop <laughs> but I don't know if that's true so the the one person who was offended by uh, and calling this anti black I think from my perspective is that, we've talked about this in the past, is uh, people have certain agendas, especially online, especially on the internet. Yeah. Everybody has a blog to push. Everybody has Instagrams they need more likes on. Mm
1: -hmm. Everybody's
0: trying to monetize, right? It's like Mm -hmm. Steve Chen, like everybody has gay marriage to (laughs) rally (laughs) against. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) To get the brand up, to get the money Uh up. Yeah, Uh, And sometimes these agendas are more important than the actual facts of the case. It's like fairness for them isn't important as down the line justice and uh, prosperity and overall future human happiness. It's the ends justify the means. It's like if we like we need to get to a point where no one is being discriminated. Everybody is being viewed as a fully actualized human being. Everybody's feels safe and welcome. And if an Indian comedian comedian needs his neck stepped on, then so be it. I'm gonna step on this person's neck before they step on mine. It's like Namesh Patel, how do you spell the beach? <laughs> I think that oftentimes over like people will take an opportunity to capitalize on an instance to kind of push their agenda and rhetoric because one thing I started noticing was that Breitbart read an article about what happened at Columbia and uh, and they were very much, they were, I would say for the most part, they were, uh, they took a journalistic approach where they just reported the facts of what happened because their story didn't have any editorial in it. It's like, this is what happened. And then in the comments, you can uh, read, uh, what I noticed where on Twitter, where people were reposting that Breitbart article,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, they took the stance as like, "Oh, great, another person getting upset for no reason." Like, look at these sensitive people. It's mm-hmm. like liberal uh, PC culture run amok. Mm-hmm. It's like these people are taking it too far. So they are kind of co-opting what Namesh uh, stand-up comedy was about to push their agenda that you know liberals are bad. And alternatively, uh, the people on the extreme left, they took this one instance and they're pushing it uh, and taking it to 100. It's like, this is anti-black, this is anti-queer, this is far right-wing rhetoric, and we need to stop this. Uh, Like, you know, this is not what the event was about. So uh, I don't think that... I think the... I don't know. I'm just... You have to speak to the organizers and see what the mood was. Uh, I I do think that you invited this person to Mm -hmm. your show uh, celebrating a, you're trying to expose other Asian Americans to a diverse range of artists um, and their views and their opinions. And you should have given him the dignity to finish out his set, even if it did um, offend you. Right. Uh, and I, however, uh, I, I'm always in favor of if this is your show, you can do whatever you want. They're in their full uh, capacity, they're in their full rights to do so. But you invited him, and you ought to show him at least being a good host to see it through and then let people make the decision for themselves how they feel about it. Because when they cut off the mic, they made the decision for the audience. Because if you're an audience member and you don't like a show, just get up and walk out. Like, that's... People do that in comedy shows all the time. Uh, Like, you're not stuck there, right? Like, no one... I hope no one at the uh, Culture Shock show was guarding the doors. It's like, no, you listen to this offensive comedian, but only halfway through his set. Because don't worry, we'll cut off your mic and then you can leave. So, you know, I, I think that you know it's condescending in a sense from the 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 promoters of the show or the bookers of the show or whoever's running the show to make that decision for the audience uh even like it's their show so they can do whatever they want i'm not disputing that but right from my perspective it's uh you you're you're taking decisions away from people like if after what namesh did if they felt strongly about it then you can go ahead and voice your opinions but they right. made this i don't know it's it's almost like now i don't think they had the intent to make an example of namesh but they they did go about it in a non professional way you know yeah like, i mean they, they just, don't
1: look so great, the culture shock reclaim. But on the flip side, it's
0: well, it depends on your point of view. So, like they, the, the they also hired di- him. Well, they, like I'll, I, I want to address your point real quick. So like from the social justice warriors' point of view, it's like they did handle it appropriately. It's like when you see bigotry, when you see anti-black, anti-queer, far-right uh, rhetoric, when you see racism or anti-women or anti anything good, you need yeah. to shut it down immediately. So from their point of view, they did the right thing. Just from my more moderate sensibilities, I don't think that that was the way to go. But go on. I was thinking more along the lines of they hired him. Yeah. And so
1: you knew, you should have watched his set mm-hmm. or like clips of his before he mm-hmm. came on the show. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, if they had a problem with what he was saying... And the room had gotten as like weird as it, they try to make it seem online. I mean, I'm sure he picked up on it. So either he was like, trying to power through it or he was trying to, um, or he didn't care. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I, I mean, ultimately, I, I don't put this on Nimesh at all. You know, I, I kind of put this on the Culture Shock Reclaim people because it's like, you hired him. It's like okay. you can't, you can't. It's like you saw what he was beforehand, because he's um, from his clips online. He's, he is the way he is. And so okay. it's like, if you, I, are, I, I understand why they booked him because he has a lot of accolades and he is, um, I guess the correct, you know, he's a good representation of Asian American identities. But on the flip side, if he didn't say something that you liked, he's always been this way.
0: It it also goes against the spirit of what they claimed that the show was about. Exactly. It's about uh, showing a diverse range of Asian American uh, artists. So, and some
1: of those artists you will not like.
0: Yeah. And some of them you will. But uh, for comedians particularly, I, I'll say two things first. Uh, I, I put blame on both sides. Mm-hmm. So I'll put blame on the bookers for not fully vetting him. Yeah, like if you have a very narrow uh, lane in which you want your artist to operate in, then you should have done a better job researching who this person is and what they do. My or, guess is, or they tell just, them
1: beforehand,
0: or tell them beforehand. Uh, my guess is that this person who booked the show just saw SNL writer, Asian comedian, done. Yeah. Yeah, like who can we get? It's like, well, we really want Ali Wong, but <laughs> <laughs> she's not doing this for the money for the yeah. for our budget. So let's just see who else is around. All right. And part two, I do blame Namesh a little bit because he I should have know, known
1: where he was.
0: <laughs> yes. Also, comedians are yeah. whores. We will say yeah. yes to anything for yeah. the money. Yeah. So He probably knew, like, uh, oh, a college Asian-American show. This is going to be great. Like, that's never been the sensibilities of any comedian, uh, Asian, or what have you. Just these culture shows tend to be nightmares, tend to be. Some of them are really good. Uh, But it depends on the comic and the right venue and mindset. So, like, if two things link up, it can be great. If Mm -hmm. one thing is off, then it's all going to fall apart Especially with uh, a newer generation of Asian stand-up comedians, uh they are testing uncharted waters for Asian comics, you know? Yeah. And so they are going to be a little bit more I don't know, triggering if that's the right word. Uh I, sensitive. Inappropriate, um, if that's the right word. Just the like just for speaking from myself, is uh we want to offer Asian audiences comedy that maybe they're not used to because we don't see it so that's why we perform the comedy that we perform right because we don't see it so i was like okay so let's offer it to the people and then we let the people decide whether or not they want it and obviously that the the people at the AAA show they didn't want it so Mm-mm. their response was to shut it down which again that they're in their full rights to do right But i don't i from my point of view is like that wasn't a professional way to handle it because like say say you had a uh, Asian American dancer right and mm-hmm. he's let's say he's break dancing because that's kind of like a whole thing if that person like slips up and falls mm-hmm. you don't cut his performance short and just drag him <laughs> off the show it's like well answer to why <laughs> you know your windmills weren't super fired
1: yeah, but, I mean, it would be, you would do something if his windmills look like a Nazi salute. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope. <laughs> yeah, if it's, like, if it's a if, it's, if he
0: just lands in a swastika, oh, like, you would hope yeah. they would start stop some shit. Oh, fuck that, because a swastika <laughs> is an Asian symbol that the white people appropriated so even if he does like land in a sausica, it's like, hey, I'm a Buddhist. This is within my culture. <laughs>
1: I wanna, I wanna take what we're talking about and then kind of just move into a, a side direction real quick. Okay. Because um, do you think that the so the schools are trying to make them into safe spaces, right?
0: They, um,
1: and and they and they want to create a more inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this a bad thing to do?
0: It's like the spirit of what they're doing is noble, but I think it's just causing more segregation.
1: Because here's, at the end of the day, if everybody agrees to just be nicer and to just be, like not tolerate those who aren't, ultimately, if enough people get on board, you can change the culture that way.
0: Yes, but again, like I believe in the spirit, but I think the execution is flawed i think by creating safe spaces is like hey here's your individual um, area for you guys to feel comfortable in being Mm -hmm. you're in an essence deep by that very nature you're you're fracturing kind of the the school's community by causing these pockets of segregation Yeah, but it's it's difficult. Like it's a very tricky thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. and this mainly affects, I suppose, white students. Yeah. Um. So if like, so if you're a person of color or a group of like, uh, my what's that called? If you're not a minority, majority, majority, not not a majority. If you're like an oppressed group. Yeah. So like, so like at schools, like we can form the, you know, Asian alliance community, right? Right. Or black kids can form, like, the black group. Mm -hmm. Or the gay groups can form the gay groups. It's like, hey, I just want a space where I can celebrate my culture. Right. And that is inherently, like, kind of segregating yourself off from the rest of the community. Now, it depends because if the school is not hyper diverse... Yeah. ...then... It's I can understand why people wanna to, wanna to branch off into their own pockets, you know? Because you you understand this is like, hey, I feel more comfortable around my own people. It's like right. I can explore my culture deeper than if I'm just kind of mixed in with everybody, because then we're we're hanging out in this kind of homogenized um kind of environment where Yes, like it's great that we're all interacting with one another, but it's another thing where like I want to feel a little bit more, um, like just it's I want to feel more at home, more comfortable, and this is how I feel it.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the story that you told me of you turning or you going to fifth grade. Go on. Remember uh you said something along the lines of like everybody was friends with everybody and then at some point in 5th grade everybody just kind of branched off into their cliques.
0: Oh yeah, was, so going from 5th grade into 6th grade.
1: Oh okay, 5th grade to 6th grade. I got yeah. the year wrong. But yeah, yeah it's, it's just everybody kind of just separated off into their cliques and it just seems like that's what they're starting to do now.
0: Right. on, so, on a college level. Right. So like colleges are But you can are, be
1: you can be part of more than one clique.
0: You can. Yes, absolutely, but um he, it, it's, it's very tricky because it's like if the, the Asians want to branch off and like, hey, we want the uh, AC, like the Asian, the ASU and the BSU and the LGBTQ plus SU and the Hispanic SU. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, hey, we're like the, the Democratic, the young Democrats, where the young Republicans. Uh, you're you're splitting them up individually. Or, like, they're naturally split, splitting themselves up. But
1: and what, happens, the,
0: what happens when the white kids want to go, hey, I want the white SU?
1: You go, listen, the word you, you're looking for is patriot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. But, like, peop, like, kids are smarter than that. It's like, hey, uh, I know what you're doing. It's yeah. like, we can't have that. It's like, because their fear is like, uh, say, like, hey, we want to start a militia student union. Yeah. It's like, we know what that means. That's just coded language for a white supremacist group. And we're afraid of what you're going to do with your power. I, would, I wouldn't mind,
1: like, white ethnic groups if they could pinpoint
0: a country. But why would they have to?
1: They could be a European student union.
0: No, 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 like, definitely. But, like, what if they don't have any... Like, what if they want to form an American student union, but it's, like, overwhelmingly white as a reflection of white, like, America as a whole? Because, like, you know... I
1: I mean, the whole point of... I mean, we're going in circles, but the whole point of this was these groups originally was to create some sort of camaraderie between the minorities who were there in a area that was predominantly white that's what it was and now it's just kind of gotten to the point where it's like those groups are big enough that they're excluding themselves from everybody else it's not a place of inclusiveness it's a place it's like a place of refuge right as opposed to dealing with what's going on outside they just kind of it's a bubble that they've created that they're purposefully staying in and that's what's incorrect
0: so, I mean, that, that's to a point. It's like, okay, so, like, they've created this bubble. Now, like, let's expand this bubble. But, like, once you expand the bubble, you're going to be pushed up against things that you insulated yourself from. Right. And now or, people don't know how to deal with it.
1: Right. Or other bubbles. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, all, all like, these
1: bubbles are going to pop. They're going to have a hard time when they come in to the, I guess, the quote-unquote real world or when they deal with people who are outside of that mindset.
0: Right, uh, more but more. from from their perspective, though, they're like, "Why does this bubble like need to pop? Like, what if we keep expanding this bubble until they, it engulfs the world, and then we live live in this peaceful utopia?" That's, I think, their kind of mission. End game. Yeah. Okay. So the like like I said early on, like the spirit of what they're doing, I understand, but right. I don't know if that is going to work the way. They hope it to because there's going to be pushback even within their own ranks because the people who uh, were upset with Namesh, it's like probably just 10 people to be honest. I I mean, honestly,
1: honestly, the only thing we can do at this point is wait. We're just going to have to wait and see how this plays out.
0: Okay. So you feel like we should wait and see how it feels out while other people will see what you're doing. Waiting is just apathy. It's like, okay, Emron, you're just waiting. Well, you know what happened when you were waiting? Fucking Trump happened. So like, this is what apathy gets you. You have far right wing people uh, being racist and deporting people and tear gassing uh, little brown kids. That's what happens, Emron. You're the problem. Okay. You're worse than Namesh Patel, and
1: that's fine. Uh, I, I just, to me, it's like, okay, you can, you can say whatever you want, but it's like, what actions are you taking?
0: Yeah, well, their actions is uh, shutting down anything that they view uh, as a threat to uh, people's dignity.
1: All right. So, I mean, what they did me, was ag- cut I off. I mean, again, what I'm saying is, we're gonna keep going in circles. Mm-hmm. I don't. I have no response to this other than I'm just going to see how this plays out. Right. I I do want to see how these, I think both sides have an actual argument, but I want to see what's going to happen to these kids when they come out of school.
0: And also I think that's another thing that is troubling is that we turn everything into a debate, and argument where there has to be a definitive victor and a definitive loser. Yeah. So.
1: It's maybe both sides will lose. (laughs)
0: Maybe. But, you know, uh, I think we can all just kind of take it down a notch where we don't need to take it so seriously. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like just because you make a joke referencing blacks and gays, it's not inherently anti-black, anti-gay just because you don't agree with it. Right. Uh, And conversely, just because you are a comedian um, who does believe in free speech, uh, it's you're not necessarily against uh, the sensitivities. You're not out there to purposely offend people just because you want to flex your free speech muscles, right? You know, it, there's a lot of uh, gray area, and that's kind of what that whole divisiveness of America people right, talking right, about is right, like. Everybody has to just take everybody just takes everything to the extreme, and. I like the extremes of the '90s a little bit better.
1: <laughs> All I know is this: unless you're on Grinder or Squirt, you personally cannot get offended about what Nimesh said.
0: <laughs> but even still, like <laughs> the, the Grinder and Squirt, like that's extreme.
1: <laughs> well, here, here's the question: like these people who were offended, were they of that ilk? And can you be offended for someone else and can you speak for someone else? Do you think that's right?
0: Uh, I think there is a certain skill level that you probably should have in order to do it. So I think it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I How agree as well. I okay. think it is
1: It is possible. You just have to do it tactfully.
0: Right. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, just stop hijacking these conversations and co-opting it for your own personal agendas because that doesn't get anybody anywhere.
1: But how am I supposed to get more followers? <laughs> Everything is dis- divisive now, David. <laughs> it's, it's just easier. It's easier for me to break someone down who's famous than build up myself from scratch. Well,
0: I just know from the micro marketing that I have to do to promote myself as a comics. Like people just attach themselves, and then they ride that wave. <laughs> <laughs> so oftentimes they don't really care for that agenda. But like, if you feel like this is the only way. To do it, uh, we do live in a capitalist society, and I'm not against it. Go get your money. <laughs> if you feel like you gotta step on somebody's neck because another person is stepping on somebody's neck, God bless. <laughs> but just let you know the next neck might be yours.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
0: but you know, and that's <laughs> what we're gonna end on. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you were gonna end on it's like as long as you be the first on that neck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, David, what you think of me, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Yeah, that's another thing I want to address before we close the show is Emma and I aren't friends.
1: No, yeah, we're not friends. It's so funny to me how many times I have to explain this to people.
0: We are frenemies. I don't even like that term because it has like Fred it. It's like we're not frenemies. We're not friends. We're not enemies. We're like two co-workers who are really, really good at our individual jobs. Our jobs are to be entertaining, to be funny, and to deliver you guys phenomenal content. We're just two co-workers who excel at what we do. And it comes off as friendship. But, you know.
1: Let me me put it this way. I've known David for almost a decade, and he's never invited me to his birthday party.
0: (laughs) And I'll say this. It's like, Emron who's been with his girlfriend for, what, three years now? Yeah, almost four. Almost four years. For the first six months of their relationship, he didn't tell me he had a girlfriend. <laughs> I ask you, is that the actions of people <laughs> who are friends with one another? <laughs> tell us in the comics. It's like if you were friends with somebody and you had a boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other, partner, would you wait six months before to you be told fair, friend I have never or... told I never told you anything about anyone I was dating. Cause we're not friends. That's, what I'm <laughs> That's thank you for highlighting that, Aaron. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's um, let's throw out some dates here. So December 9th, New York City, under St. Mark's Theater, uh Bad Asian Show, East Coast edition, uh $10 at the door, me... Uh, other comedian, Joseph Annalen will be hosting a fire lineup of comics. We'll be doing stand-up. We'll be doing conversation afterwards. It's kind of like a micro-podcast on stage. So come get your tickets at the door. Uh, December 9th, Under St. Mark's Theater. And then, I believe, December 12th, San Francisco. We uh, got a bad
1: Asian show on the West Coast. It's going to be at the same spot. It's going to be at the setup at 222 Hyde at 8 p.m. I will be hosting with Moon Cho. And we have a fire lineup this month It's going to be great. Um, last month's was great. So make sure that you guys come out. Um, we are steadily selling out. So it's great.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's the OG show. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the OG OG show is with the one Emron and I will be hosting yeah. on at Sketchfest on January 12th. So gobble up your tickets before they run out. Uh, from what I hear, we do have a handful left. Just go on sfsketchfest.com, search Bad Asians. Get those tickets uh, yep. and then say hi to us at the show. Um, and please leave. Emran, tell the people nicely to support oh, us. Oh, yeah.
1: If you guys could. No, wait. You have to yell at him first.
0: No, no, no. Like This it... is the control. So last time we played, like, previously we were like all bad cops. And then last okay. time we were a good cop, bad cop. And now this time we're just good cops, which okay, is Okay, I
1: see. I see. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, We'd really appreciate it if you guys would rate our podcast five stars and leave whatever comment you want. The funnier the comment, the more airtime you will get on the podcast. Um, Or if you just want to tell us your favorite food, we'll read that off too. Uh, You don't have to be creative. Just give us five stars and we will do all the heavy lifting. Thank you. We love you. I hope everything in life goes great for you. And um, I hope you get... If you like chocolate, I hope uh, a chocolate cake lands in your vicinity this week.
0: If you want to get into direct contact with Emron and myself, uh, just follow us on Instagram at TheBadAsianShow. You can follow Emron at Emron the G, myself at DavidNewin. Uh, that is the show. Thank yeah, you very thanks
1: much. For, thanks for tuning in, guys.
0: Peace.